Hey everyone, welcome back to the Potter's House, the podcast where we discuss how biblical topics, church life, and current events impact our everyday lives. My name is Marcus Ionescu and I'm your host, and today we're joined by a very, very, yes, two varies special guest. Uh, he is one of the Republican candidates running for the governor of California in 2022, Mr. Major Williams. Major, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing fantastic. It's a great morning. Happy to be here. Anytime I get a chance to kind of like share a little context about, you know, who I am and what I'm doing, uh, you know, I always get excited for that. So thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, I should definitely be thanking you for being on. Uh, if you would have asked me like a month ago, uh, if I'd have someone of your caliber and just like what you're doing on my podcast, I would not believe you. But um, I'm glad that things worked out. I'm super excited and uh, I'm really excited for your campaign. I'm, I'm excited for the future uh, of this state, a state that's been blue for a very long time. And uh, it just it gives us a lot of hope, especially uh, in these times where people may be hopeless. So um, but we will get into more about your campaign um, a little later in the episode. Uh, but just before we get into that, I just a couple of announcements for the podcast. Uh, like you guys know, um, please like, subscribe, share. Available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, all that deal. Uh, our Instagram is at the Potter's House. If you want to follow for any and all updates, uh, please tap that purple icon on your iPhone, the podcast app through Apple Podcast. Like, subscribe, and then tap the stars. It really helps with the exposure of the show. And if you want to leave a written review, uh, please do so. Um, I'll read it out loud, and uh, it'll be fun. So thank you guys for supporting this far. And uh, yeah, just want to keep it pretty short and brief there. But Major, before we get started talking about your campaign and the current administration, um, for th- for those for those out there, especially uh, the people listening outside of California. Um, can you introduce yourself a little bit, just personally, family, where you came from, how you kind of came to this position uh, for those people that don't know you? Sure. Uh, so originally, I was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, um, single parent household, uh, three sisters. And I actually came to pass to well, well to California probably around 21 years ago on a visit. And I always tell people the story of how it actually happened, because I came here on a visit and on the third day. I met this amazing woman. And that's kind of like what history, uh, you know, as they say, and, and then there's what, and then it was history, should I say. Uh, I ended up marrying that amazing woman. And 21 years later, I've been here and I've had the opportunity to see uh, the different variations of what this state has been representative of. It's given me a lot of joy. It's given me a lot of pain and tears, but the opportunity to pick myself back up, take self-accountability, forge great relationships, and also raise an amazing family as well. Uh, my background uh, extensively is in marketing, entertainment. At one point, I wanted to be this, you know, like a young kid, 23 years old, I wanted to be an actor and, and a music artist. And thought I was going to make, you know, had NBA aspirations. And so I've had the unique ability from a very early age to kind of like live out my dreams and just try as many things as possible, uh, which is uh, for me was. At, you know, the absolute, uh, was absolute freedom, you know, to be able to say that you've had experiences in all these different industries and whatnot, and you didn't have any fear or hesitation, and it just kind of went after it. But the foundation of who I am has always been someone that's always been like a giver, someone who's been very passionate about working with nonprofits to creating my own nonprofit, which is called Major Kicks for Kids. Uh, we give away over a thousand pairs of shoes every single year, in addition to, uh, to 2,000 haircuts, and I always tell people that's just on the surface. 
uh, we get we we normally do that just to make that initial connection. Then we can you know start to bridge the communication about so what is it that you want to do with yourself? We you know how can we help you? How can we be of assistance? And I've you know that's kind of like been a passion of mine to exist in that space. But from a marketing executive standpoint, I tell everyone my superpower is having the ability to take your ideal, your service or your product and go present it in a way to where we get proven results, whether it's a yes, just a simple approval or a check cut on your behalf. You know, I have the unique ability to, uh, to message effectively and I actually like doing that. And I've gone across the entire country speaking publicly through my major preneur brand, just uplifting and empowering young people and small business owner, uh, small business owners and helping them take their businesses to the next level. And politics wasn't on my radar at all, believe it or not. I've only been in politics for the last four and a half years. Uh, one, working with an actual campaign uh, with a gentleman by the name Cole Harris, who ran for Lieutenant Governor of California. Uh, it was an amazing campaign. We started pretty late, but still going to over a million votes in California. And during that particular time, uh, politics is like any other industry. You know, when people see talent, you know, they kind of like jump on top of you and try to give you direction on what you should do. And during that particular time, I was very successful uh, with uh, communication and outreach to certain uh, um, to, to certain groups that we were speaking to. And so uh, they kind of got wind that that was like a good natural ability for me to have. And so the next narrative was, you should run for something. So every day I'm being pressured, like you should run for something. And I did. I ran for mayor of Pasadena. I was a long shot in a, in a very uh, liberal uh, you know, uh, town. And, you know, there was a running joke that I would only get 100 votes and me being very competitive with a sports background. I, my thing was I'm gonna get 200 votes, right? You're not gonna tell me I'm just get 100 votes, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I make them lose that bet. And the beautiful thing about it is that it came down to the, the human connection, creating moments and solving issues and problems and just adding value. And we, we stole the voters block, we got close to 5,000 votes. When some people thought we would only get like 100 votes. And so that in itself created a base and a wave of momentum. So although some people that were maybe uh, against me or, or whatever, they may see that as a loss, but actually that was just the beginning of what we're doing. And fast forward now, 301 days into this campaign, this is the fastest rising Republican candidacy in California's most recent history. And that's how we got to where we are right now. One of the main reasons why I decided to run is because I, you know, I love the state and I have better ideals. And in addition to bringing people just like me and you, regular everyday people uh, to the table to be a part of the, uh, the solutions and also the conversations uh, and not acting like I know it all. Yeah, and you know, in my opinion, and I'm sure people hold this opinion as well, but I, I truly believe the best politicians are the ones that didn't start out that way. Yeah. Um, not the career politicians, the people who, like you said, everyday people who started off doing something else uh, faced adversity, faced challenges that the public have to face every single day, and then turn that into something better, turn that into a motivation to kind of help better the life of the people and the citizens. And um, and that's a case for a lot of the best presidents in the United States history. That's a case in, in your case as well. I did, uh, I did uh, look you up and read a little bit more about your uh, uh, kind of background. But I mean, you were growing up in Dallas, you were you, you, I think it was at 13, you took up uh, the lawn mowing business where you can make some extra cash to, to, to support your, you know, your, your family uh, at home. So just these different things that kind of shape a person to, to, know, to, to, to establish work ethic, to see what it means to struggle, and then take those motivations and then 
not only show it within your own life, but promise, hey, if this, if I was able to come from this and be here now, I mean, there's hope for all of us. And I, I think that um, that's the greatest virtue that a, that a good politician should have. It's, it's inspiration. It's motivation. It's not, it shouldn't be backed or driven by greed. It shouldn't be backed or driven by um, anything else that, um, that, uh, that we're dealing with right now. Um, but no, I found that truly inspiring and kind of connecting it to, um, our next point right here regarding the current administration. Um, so obviously Gavin Newsom is the governor of California and I'll be honest, um, obviously in 2018, I voted, I voted John Cox cause that was his, uh, biggest competitor. And, um, you know, he won, we kind of expected it here in, in this blue state, but, uh, I didn't really blink an eye towards Gavin Newsom for the first year and a half of his administration because, you know, what's what's to it. But when he really started gaining traction in, in the conservative mindset and then especially the Christian mindset was um, when uh, the COVID lockdown happened, he shut down the country, he, he really destroyed small businesses, and then he tried to restrict the church as well. So that's when a lot of us conservatives started realizing what this guy was doing, what is what what the main issue with his administration is and how uh, how much we don't like it, how much we want to see change, especially in the case of your campaign, but uh my question to you is um I'm sure you get this question a lot, but what are some key main issues to the Gavin uh Newsom administration right now in uh the capital of California? Well, honestly, you know, I've had the opportunity to travel so much of California in a very short amount of time. So I've had the opportunity to sit in front of, you know, thousands of people and being able to just kind of like understand their plight and their stories as well. It really boils down to more uh, a simple explanation. Uh, we feel like, you know, the mismanagement of his administration in regards to this pandemic and also these lockdowns has been uh, hugely misguided. Uh, we feel like it's been over-politicized and it's been extended to the fact that they're willing to jeopardize the self-health and uh, mental state of our kids in regards to what they're doing with schools. We feel like there is an agenda in regards to attacking the, the Christians and also the church, you know, deeming churches uh, not essential, you know, for a good period of time. And then punishing those individuals, either the church goers or the pastors of those churches or just the establishment in itself. Um, but we know that this has been uh, more than what we've seen on the surface. And I think universally across the state, we are just unified in frustration. One of the main reasons why uh, I feel like this campaign has a lot of traction is because uh, more than ever, California is now for the first time looking at an alternative. We have so much data and statistics for the smartest guys, the richest guys, and most scholarly that we deem so-called qualified for these positions for decades. Accompanied with what just happened right now, common sense doesn't always come as common as you think it does. When you think, when you would think it does, right? And we've seen so many mishaps when it comes to this. And so his administration had an opportunity to be one of the greatest administrations in California's history. I always say this, you know, Governor Gavin Newsom could have had like um, a, a bronze or a gold statue after all of this, if he would have taken the ball and ran with it effectively and appropriately. And he did it. 
and he, he chose to uh, be a part of the sheep mentality. He chose to be a weak leader, uh, which is why it was a one size fit all. We have so many different regions and cities that are so uniquely different, businesses that are uniquely different, that could have he could have allowed to stay open and to thrive and to be able to take care of their kids and their livelihoods, and he did it. And so I feel like his leadership was an attack on all Californians. Um, and my, rep, my campaign is a representation of punishing him for that, which is why we started so early with the first campaign, um, first candidates to, uh, to announce. And we've been aggressively you know, pushing the recall since the beginning. So a little more about that recall, because I, I just saw an update on your social media this morning that I think we hit 2 million signatures. Was that correct? Um, for the people that out there that have signed multiple times or, or they, they heard about this this last like six months to a year, um, what's the status on the recall and uh, how soon realistically can we see action being taken uh, with this recall? So the recall is over right at 2 million right now. But uh, the beautiful part about it, it's 1.8 million verified. You know, so the threshold is 1.4 million to even get a recall, but it's 1.8 million that are actually absolutely uh, actually verified right now. So that's a great thing. And that shows and tells us that this is going to happen. Now, the structure is there's going to be a special election. Uh, it may be January, February, March, April, June, July. So it may be in November, uh, which will be the, probably the soonest uh, that we will have that special election. And it's pretty simple. It'll be on the ballot. It's going to be a yes or no question. Do you want to recall the governor? You'll be able to say yes. And if so, you say yes, there's going to be, there's going to be a laundry list of other candidates on that list, including mine. And you'll be able to choose. But if you say no, then that's to vote for the governor to stay um, you know, in office. Um, so it can, it can be in between six six to seven months in regards to the uh, changing of the guard and changing of leadership here in California. And, and it's long overdue. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, these two million signatures are basically to get that voting option on the ballot for November. Yeah. And then and that's the point where you have to vote. And uh, based off how the vote goes, that's when they're going to take action. Okay, so that's that's clarifying. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree. And I, I thought it was really interesting that you said that um, Gavin's Newsom administration had the potential to be the greatest administration in Californian history. And it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit out there to think that just because, you know, initially, because obviously the values are different. Obviously there's the sheep mentality versus what we want to do when we try to be realistic. But, um, I guess it's true. And the, the strongest administrations in, in human history have grown out of adversity and, yes. and difficult times. And he had the opportunity with COVID yeah. to do that. He had the opportunity to, to, really, to really make a difference. And um, obviously, he chose not to. But um, for us, for our community, the community that reaches out, that, that listens to, to this uh, podcast, the, our biggest thing, I'm obviously, we're... It's, it's the small businesses because the community I come from, there are a lot of small businesses, but uh, our biggest thing was attack on the church. And yeah. that's where um, we found the biggest issue. Um, my uncle is a minister in the state of Illinois, and he had lawsuits going with uh, Governor Pritzker and Mayor Lori Lightfoot um, regarding opening up the church. And and I just saw how, how difficult it was and how, how people are so keen on just restricting it and... Um, it got to the point where they started blaming um, just open worship 
for the spread of of the virus and it just became that ridiculous but um I don't know th- that's kind of like our our mentality on what Gavin Newsom did uh how he attacked the church but um in your honest opinion what is the what did his administration uh upset you the most at what point and what part of the mistakes or which mistake did he make that kind of upset your campaign the most and that you want to address the most um, in these, in this past year? I believe it comes down to a few different variables. One of those things is rules for the, not for me. So clearly I tell people this, especially with everything that's going on, how they're trying to program us in regards to the fear factor of this, of this COVID, this pandemic, um, you have to understand, and I always try to tell people this narrative, if this is the most deadliest thing that's happening and all these people are dying because of this, uh, this virus, right? You have to understand the governor has behind the curtains access to truly understand the gravity of the situation in regards to this being just like a deadly virus, right? But you have to think about the psychology of that very same leader and governor going out on multiple occasions being spotted. The perfect example is French Laundry without mask, without any supervision, eating dinner indoors with other individuals with doctors at the actual table, right? But these are the Mm -hmm. exact same individuals that are telling us to weaken our immune system. And I, I would say, I would segue from that is, you know, having an affinity for the parents and the kids and knowing what they went through during this whole lockdown, you know, we have kids dealing with anxiety, stress, uh, suicide rates have gone up. The domestic yeah. violence has gone up. I've always been against bullies in all things. I've always been against bullies. And I feel like this has been like a bully, um, you know, mindset when it came to how he has governed thus far. And as I said earlier, rules for thee, not for me. And I don't appreciate that. And that's one of the main things that we're pushing back on. That's one of the main things that really kind of got us riled up even more so beyond just the mismanagement of our homelessness situation, which has risen over the last two years, 16 to 18% wasteful spending with our budget. Um, And and it's just like a laundry list of issues where he has clearly dropped the ball. Uh, But I think that's like the, the one of the key issues that really got us really on the ball of just the rules for thee, not for me. Uh, and I always tell people, I want to share that narrative. If, it, if this is the boogeyman and he knows this, he wouldn't jeopardize himself like that. His kids still wouldn't be in, you know, going to school and things of that nature. So we know we've been sold a, a bad, um, a bad sale of goods. And uh, so it's time for us, like I said, it's time to punish that individual in the sense of getting him out of office and, bringing in a new culture, a new brand of leadership. Absolutely. And kind of, you know, starting off with that point, um, regarding your campaign, obviously there are, there's a lot of, there's, there's overhaul that needs to be done. There's overhaul that, that you guys want uh, to be done. Um, But what are, what is your, what are the pillars that your campaign stands for? What are the things that, you know, once you get into office, you want to immediately change? Uh, What, aspects of culture do you want to change and um how can the state of california just flourish again as a red state under conservative and republican leadership once uh you're there so one of the foundations foundations of what we would represent once we actually win and get into office is just allowing us to like 
have a sigh of relief, right? That's what we want to create, a sigh of relief across the entire state to bring real normacy back to our state. That's what we're going to represent. In addition to bringing a change of culture and conversation and our ideals versus uh, uh, based upon uh, beneficial policy and detrimental policy. Within the first 100 days, one of the main pillars is making sure I create executive orders uh, to exterminate bills like SB 276, SB 277, which are mandatory and uh, mandatory vaccinations and religious exemptions. Uh, in addition to bills like SB 145 and AB 5, which has basically killed a lot of our independent contractor jobs across our entire state. And then from there, we're going to address homelessness, which is a huge uptick. And one, one of the reasons why I tell people homelessness is one of our main pillars because it creates a domino effect in regards to how we actually come back from all of this, right? Uh, if you look at homelessness like a business, then it would never, um, it would never have a comeback in a sense of decreasing the numbers and getting these individuals reacclimated back into society. Only when we change, have a changing of the guard, culture, and mindset, and vision on how we do that, and look at homelessness like a service. Will we be able to do that? Because if you look at homelessness like a service, then there's true checks and balances. There's accountability attached to service. No different if you go to a restaurant. You can track the service that you're receiving versus now the government's whole objective is just to continue to throw money and market to us that they're spending money as if that's naturally going to solve the problem. And we know statistically that isn't going to solve the problem unless you have those mechanisms in place to get a percentage of those individuals on a monthly, yearly basis reacclimated back into society. And so you were asked the question, so how do you do that? One of the main three things under the Restore California plan, which we are uh, developing, is going to be mental health hospitals reestablished back in California. The second component is going to be better drug and rehab facilities with accountability and checks and balances. And the third component is going to be wraparound services, which is going to administer and create opportunities for trade schools, housing, jobs, et cetera. And just overall, we are going to clean off our streets and our parks. And that in itself is going to change the psychology of, uh, of everything that we're doing. We have small businesses that can't really even open or operate their business because there is tents right in front of their business, businesses or around their businesses and they're being harassed by these individuals that may be mentally unstable or strung out on drugs and whatnot. So we have to be a little forceful when it comes to that. And I've used this verbiage a lot. We're gonna make it uncomfortable in California to be homeless. And sometimes people take that and go overboard and not understand it. It's not like saying we sweep individuals to the side, but from a leadership perspective, we're gonna create the right type of hubs and facilities and opportunities for these individuals with the intent to get them reacclimated back to society versus just stringing them along. So those are some of the main pillars uh, at the beginning, um, in addition to making sure I address our budget and our spending with the forensic audit. We know we have the train to nowhere, uh, so we must end that project and reallocate those funds to small businesses for a four-year program, which I'm developing under the Restore California plan, which is going to allow small businesses to uh, be revitalized, uh, to hire more staff or hire the staff they had to lay off uh, for marketing as well. Because my theory is this, we have, as a nation, we have bailed out banks and corporations. When at some point we're going to have leadership that supports, especially here, the backbone of our state, which is our small businesses, and I am prepared to do that at all costs. And I, I really like that. Um, and you're you're 100 right. Whenever 
uh, most politicians, when they say they they want to treat an issue, they just talk about funding. Like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna dump this amount of cash into this, and uh, you know, we're gonna la- we're gonna raise taxes to this point, and then take that and apply to this, and that's all we know. That's all we hear about, and that's all that they um, advertise, especially with uh, with you know, vagrancy, homelessness, and all that. And uh, for listeners out there who don't live in California, I mean, it's gotten really bad. Uh, it used to be where only downtown LA is bad, but now like even northern parts of Orange County are, are, are flooded with, with this issue, especially after the, the pandemic. But, um, you know, I really like that there is, there's a plan set in place. That's something that we don't really hear a lot with, you know, establishing the mental hospitals and then um, you know, the, a more accountable drug program and, and just understanding that this isn't, this isn't just dumping money into something. This is, this is a service. Absolutely. And I think if we treat everything as a service, um, kind of like the analogy we made uh, at a restaurant, uh, service is trackable. Service involves accountability on on both parties. So um, treating this issue um, like that would definitely, you know, we could definitely see results coming from there. So I'm definitely excited because this is an issue we've been having. And, um, and unfortunately, whenever the taxes were being raised to treat issues such as these, these social issues, um, it was coming directly out of the pockets of the middle class, the people who do have these small businesses, these people who struggle to stay afloat um, in, in, the, in the shutdown, in, in the quarantine. So um, I'm glad that we have an administration coming up right now that is tailored to those people that basically using a motivation to start a business and using that momentum into kind of just revamping the economy, this, this uh, struggling economy that we have. But um, I'm glad that I'm glad that we can uh, we have those points to to look forward to. Um, I was reading through your uh, website on certain campaign points, and then uh, obviously there was there was things about you know gun control. There was things about um, other uh, you know other other things that you stand on that you want to change that you stand for. But um, realistically. Obviously, there's there's always hope and there's always determination to, to, to reach a certain point. But um, do you think there are Californians out there who, like, I'm talking about majority of Californians out there that want to see a change, that want to see the state red again, conservative again, who value the, the things that we value? Um, how realistic is that? And um, is, is that something that we can see uh, definitely in the near future? Well, I'll tell you this, you know. As I said, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk to so many people across the entire state, and I'm and I'm not and I'm not just going to echo chambers. I'm not just speaking to Republicans. I'm speaking to Californians, and if you follow my 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 campaign, we are representative of all Californians. I am a Republican. I am a conservative. I live by very you know Christian values. I believe in those things: the Second Amendment, fighting for our constitutional rights. But as I said earlier, across the entire state, we are united in the F word, which is frustration. Once you're at a place right at that particular point and your businesses and your kids are being affected, you're more receptive to have someone that comes to you that represents an alternative. Because I have such a diverse background, meaning that I have empathy and understanding from all walks of life. I come from the projects. I come from nothing. I've struggled. I figured out ways to feed myself by you know, selling car incense at the car wash or, you know, having one lawn more in mowing yards in my neighborhoods or going to other neighborhoods and getting 10 and $20 to cut yards. But then as, 
as as I evolved as an adult, you know, me and my wife been able to have uh, communication and conversations with soccer moms, right? And as a marketing executive, having success in that particular area, speaking with millionaires and billionaires of great companies and being able to add value in those spaces also. So if you combine that all together, um, that is, that's most definitely a hybrid. And I think a lot of people understand that when I say this is not your grandfather's Republican Party, this is a new opportunity for us to be bold, to be brave, and to also be unified. Uh, at some point, there has to be a individual or individuals collectively together that's going to bridge the gap, right? Because there's so much division, in addition to so much misinformation in regards to what we all stand for. And if we have some civil conversations and we can really fine tune certain things, we really want certain things uh, alike, right? But if we can just identify with those and create uh, treat that as the value versus you're pro-life, you're pro-choice, right? And then we can't exist at all. Well, we can agree to disagree, but still add value to each other's lives, our communities and to the world. And that's what I've been trying to be representative of in regards to uh, knowing what's possible. So it is possible, it is, this is the right time for this type of leadership to come in under the Republican umbrella and win an election because our campaign can actually galvanize more than Republicans to support what we are doing. And I think that's what um, has kind of pushed us to the forefront, so to speak. Even though we're not being covered by mainstream media at the moment, I tell people just have patience because, you know, we, we, we are touching like real people, real lives. We're creating real moments and memories with people because we're putting in the real groundwork and the word of mouth is still the strongest social media platform out there, regardless of what anyone says. And you gotta understand those other individuals, are, they have to do that because they have no other talent. They have no other gift to connect or to get people enthusiastic or excited about them, right? So it's all, it's all about your mindset, but I do, I do believe that conservative values is going to be representative of our entire state and it's going to be inclusive and it's going to blow a lot of people's minds in regards to we, our philosophies is simply, we want to empower you. We don't want to enable you. I want to be the administration that says, hey, we're not going to give you a hundred dollars, but we will show you how to make a hundred dollars as many times as you want. And you can teach it to your kids, to your neighbors and your community and everyone can thrive and be empowered together. That's what this campaign is representative of. And that's why I'm so uh, enthusiastic about the opportunity of this manifesting and this happening because it's going to be empowering to so many people. You gotta think about it. Overall, this is going to be global news, not just statewide. First black governor, you know, people are going to acknowledge that to a certain degree, but I'm gonna use it as a tool to be able to get through any door possible so I can create the best opportunities for California, making California business friendly again, which is going to allow us to be able to sit at the table uh, in a real life way to start learn to figure out how to reduce these taxes in our state. We have the highest tax rate. We have housing prices going through the roof. That's because we have leaders that do not have an imagination. The only way they know how to create new revenue is how, you know, a different creative way on how to tax us, as you said earlier. But if you have someone who's been an entrepreneur, business owner, small business owner for 20 years, me and my wife have to be creative. We have to figure out how to make a buck every single day to keep the lights on. But that's what we're missing. You know, I tell people all the time, if there was an electrician that was running for governor, I would vote for the electrician because at least an electrician deals in completion. Right. Yeah. If they're going to your house and to your business, they can't get the check unless the job is done. And these 
guys have been going unchecked for the longest, then it's time to show California what an alternative looks like and what it could be like with us all working collectively together. So I, I do feel like it's possible. I know it's possible, uh, but it's still on my shoulders to be the best person and candidate going out there spreading my message and compelling people to be a part of this process, which will be historic. Uh, but we will change the narrative in regards to restoring our state. Yeah, and I, the reason I think a lot of the conservative values that we have are are rooted in basically in in God and then and, and then in biblical values. Yes, and while not every conservative is a Christian, I think that's where that's where the roots are. That's that's where the foundation comes from. And um, obviously, I think the the liberal values are <laughs> from elsewhere. But um, but it, it's 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 interesting that you mentioned because. I think having a conservative uh, representative in office, a, a Republican representative who has conservative Christian values, would be much more, um, you know, the people's governor, much more inclusive, much more um, like, hey, I'm not, I'm not going dis- to discriminate against you because you believe in this. I'm going to be your governor. I'm going to try to, no matter what you think, I'm still, tr- I'm going to still try to be the best person I can be to represent you. And, and we and also kinda- we'll say this, and we also need for these individuals and these past candidates that continue to run or the representatives. California is a melting pot of ethnicities, ideals, yeah. you know, uh, and just people in general. I feel like it's time to pass the baton. Mm-hmm. Time to change our, our thought process on what qualified is, what, what it looks like, and where it comes from. Because we've allowed a certain perspective or perception of what qualified is for us, uh, and, it, and it has created a flawed selective process in regards to how we vote and how we choose. Just because this person is this, or just because this person comes from this, okay, they're the most qualified because they've been in politics the last 20 years. But we have data and statistics to show that those same individuals make mistakes. Those same individuals can, can be misguided or that doesn't naturally translate into leadership, right? So it's time to have someone that's, uh, uh, that's more relatable, right? Uh, we yeah. have candidates that's even relatable. But I just think it's really time, and I'm hoping that my campaign represents that, that it's time for the changing of the guard to pass the baton, more youthful, vibrant uh, candidates or leaders that truly like you, <laughs> like like us, and want to be a part of um, our, our, our circles and our communities and industries. When these people get elected, they just disappear into the ivory tower, tower and there are no moments and memories that have been created during their whole time. And I want to change that narrative. I'll be out there with the people. Yeah, and I think that's what's most inspiring, um, having someone kind of rise from the ranks, someone that we can relate to, someone who has not only visited our community, but all the different communities here in the in the great state of California. And I think that just kind of creates a, um, a perspective on what people truly want, what people truly need, and what their f- frustrations are, and how that needs to be addressed. Because I think people have this universal mentality up in up in Sacramento right now um, at, at the Capitol about what needs to be done, what's the best for the country, what is culture saying, how can I appease certain people who have money, how can I appease the people who are in charge of big tech, who are basically promoting my campaign, and then they're suppressing other campaigns, uh, like yourself, like you were mentioning on social media earlier this week. Um, it, we need to hear what the people want. And there's so many people who are being silenced. There's so many people who, 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 whose voices are not being heard because they're just riding this wave of culture that is being just that, that has been infiltrating um, the minds of our young people, of of all of our citizens. So I think um, that's that's something that 
that's the change that we truly need, basically, a perspective. And even if you look on my website, one of the creative ways that I've decided to listen to the voices even more so to expedite it, if you go to the website, there is an option for you to leave a video message. And that video message goes directly to our office and I get a chance to hear the stories, the ideals, solutions, or frustrations from thousands of Californians all across the state in different industries, in different communities, in different neighborhoods and walks of life. And that in itself has allowed me to create a platform to create policy ideals uh, and objectives that are going to be beneficial for uh, a, a more roundabout way, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a, a more inclusive California. So, and, and I think that's important. Uh, you don't hear those, that many stories of anyone taking, you know, they say, just email me or whatever, but I want to have that engagement as much as possible. And to hear those genuine stories versus just a black and white, um, you know, email or something like that, you know? So I think that's been a great tool that a lot of people have enjoyed here lately. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, Major, as we as we wrap up this episode, it's been it's been so great so far, and it's exciting to hear all the ideas that you have, all the all the different things that you want to change and bring to this great state of California. Um, typically, I ask a specific question like, "What's a certain takeaway that the listeners can have?" But um, I have two questions. Sure. Uh, the, 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 the first one's going to be, like I said, what's like what, what's one thing that you want to leave the listeners with, uh, whether they are uh, California residents, whether they live outside of the state? What's one thing you want to live, uh, leave with them so that they can have a certain hope for the future? What's one point? And then um, secondly, besides making the necessary changes, uh, what is the, the one thing that you're looking forward to most in being governor of California? So the one thing that I want to leave, uh, you know, your viewers and your listeners with is that I want you to understand the moment. I want you to understand the timing of everything that's happening right now. But I also want you to remember the pain points over the last year during the lockdown, specifically of if you are here in California. And if you're not here in California, you felt some form of the lockdowns as well. But California has been the most strictest of all states, in my personal opinion, or just factually, right? Um, you have to make sure moving forward that you have to acknowledge your flawed selective process that we've all have had. And this is our time to look in the mirror and to choose a different path of what qualified is for an entire state. And it's kind of like on us to not follow the sheep and not be misled or not be um, kind of tricked into the narrative of, you know, this is the fifth largest economy in the world. And this is like a scary job or whatever. I want you to understand what leadership is. Leadership is understanding your strengths and weaknesses. And understanding the role of a governor is not sitting at a desk doing administrative work, knowing all the ins and outs of every single thing that deals with our government and the functions of it. The government is a well-oiled machine. They have departments uh, for all things that happen in our state that's going to happen if a governor is there or not, first of all, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The importance of a leader the importance of a governor for our state is having the right brand of leadership, mindset, and foundation. My foundation from the very beginning, which is the first thing on my website, is pro-God. If you take God out of the equation and faith out of the equation, you have a lot of what we have right now, which is divisiveness, chaos, and uh, evil, you know, just kind of makes his uh, ugly head into every single thing that we're doing. And so the takeaway is that this is our opportunity to get it right. This is our opportunity to change the narrative and be a part of uh, the, the alternative that we are offering right now. So support this campaign. 
our missions is to, you know, have everybody wearing a campaign hat, go and get a campaign hat and be a walking billboard for the campaign. And just support restoring our state. You know, as I say, you know, with the little aggression sometimes, let's punish them for the, what they have done to our entire state collectively. This is the most amazing state ever. This is the brand of all brands of states. This is Coca-Cola, Nike, the top brands of all brands of states. And they are trying to sabotage it. And so we can't let them get away with it. Um, in regards to the second question, uh, can you rephrase the second question? What was the second question? So besides making those necessary changes uh, in office, what is the one thing personally for you that you're looking forward to most in being the governor of California? Man, inspiration. You know, <laughs> the inspiration, man, like I said, this is going to be exciting globally for people, right? You have to be able to have that ripple effect and that, um, that, that change in direction sometimes. And you have no idea what, that, what that's going to do eternally for people. As I said, uh, to be able to sigh, a sigh of relief, to have somewhat of a reset, to have um, a, a vision that, okay, things are changing, we can get these things back on, right? That hope in itself, that optimism um, is going to free up so much with, that's been held and bottled up in us for the last year or just under this administration in general. Uh, I'm looking for that impact. Um, as I said, our campaign is representative of hopefully that seed is going to inspire the next individuals like yourself to step up, to use your voice, to use your platform or even run for office one day. But this is hopefully what I hope is going to inspire. And this is what's happened. I have so many young people reaching out to the campaign all the time, wanting to volunteer, asking me what to do in their communities or their cities, asking me advice on what they should do on how they should run for office or whatever. And that type of energy hasn't happened in a very long time, especially in my lifetime. Um, and so I feel good about that with, with what we represent once we once we take office that'd be great yeah and i can personally say that i'm super excited for it and i'm sure uh, many californians are excited about it as well but major thank you so much for uh just being here for for just sharing your 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 values and what you look forward to and what changes you want to make i think it's it's something that is due in due time and something that we really need in this great state of California. I, re I really appreciate you being on here. Absolutely. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Yes. And uh, if people want to find you on, on the internet, whether it's your social media, your website, um, what are, what, what are ways that they can find you on there to just get more information? And then what are ways that they can just, uh, kind of reach out to you? Like you said, with that, with that video message. Sure. Uh, you can go directly to my website, which is majorfullgovernor.com. That's F-O-R, majorfullgovernor.com. As far as social media on Twitter, it's majorcagov, G-O-V. And on Instagram, it's majorwilliams. And also on Facebook, you can simply go into the search engine and you can search for Major Williams. We have a Major Williams for Governor site, uh, 22, uh, 2022 site. Uh, and as far as support, like I said, I want everyone to purchase merchandise and to get a hat, we have a variety of colors, but the, the great part about why I really push that is to have walk-in billboards. While some of these other traditional, typical candidates are going to do huge billboards and advertising, which we will do at some point once we peak, uh, but this is our form of getting the word out uh, collectively. So everyone go and purchase merchandise, uh, majorwilliamsmerch.com, uh, majorwilliamsmerch.com and uh, purchase a merch. We have coffee mugs also, so you can uh, enjoy some tea or coffee every morning with the Major Williams mug. 
Absolutely. And I'll, I'll be sure to tag those all in the in the show notes. But um, I was waiting to the end to say this, but you guys, it's time to think major. I think we can all agree on that. And uh, I'm excited for the campaign. So thanks again for being on here. And um, as far as the podcast goes, I, again, you can follow us on our Instagram at the Potter's House. Um, please uh, like and subscribe to all the different platforms that we're on. Tap the purple icon on your iPhone. Uh, scroll down, tap the stars, leave a review if you want. It really helps with the exposure of the show. And I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in, for listening in. Um, if you're a resident of California, I think there is a, a bright future ahead of us. And, um, and and it's exciting to see that people are stepping up and hopefully more people will continue to step up. So thank you guys so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. <laughs>